Jason. JW. <laughs> Ladies and gents. How are you, Happy mate? Friday to you. Friday. It's Friday. Oh, and I should I should add some channels in here as well at the same time, shouldn't I? Yeah, mate. I'm pump it up. The more the merrier. Stream away. Stream away while we're waiting for everyone to jump in and the old stream's warming up. It, uh, there's a few there's a few early birds. I've been uh, I've been MIA for a couple of days. Actually, we both have. We've been doing um, a little bit of uh, training on our coaching businesses um, for a couple of days with Taki Moore. Week before, we were with Kerwin. Um, but, um, yeah, we've been a little bit MIA in the last few days. Uh, so no wealth coffee chats for me uh, the last few days. But um, there's a few people jumping on. There we go. Jeff, mate, how are you? Good to see you, Jeff. Took a sick day. <laughs> oh no, Jeff. The old gout. Yeah, plays plays up a little bit, the old gout. Alison, good to see you. As always. Fantastic to see you. Anyone else in there? Give us a shout out. Team folks. Where are you coming in from? Friday. Yeah. What's where going are... in on your in your world at the moment? It's uh in the year that we've dubbed the Great False Start. Uh <laughs> what's happening in your neck of the woods? Are you well? Are you getting back on the feet? Ross uh is uh little Little Honey's Adventures uh, from the sunny coast. Hey, hey, Roz. Good to see yeah, you. There's a bit of story behind there for Roz. And <laughs> uh, and the Oracle, Ashley, is in the house bringing Neo back. It's Friday. We've got a, we've got a Facebook user, unidentified, who, uh, who has adopted your saying, Jace, Friday. Friday, folks, Friday. I think, um, I think the old Facebook does something a bit bizarre and strange sometimes. Um, in there, but um, uh, whoever you are, great to have you here. We know you're in one of our groups, our private groups, but um, there's Jeanette. Great to see you, mate, um, as always. But I uh, I just I discovered, folks, Andy gave me a nice bottle of wine for my birthday, I think it was, and um, I was I was scratching around in my cupboard going, I, I need some wine. I'm like, wow, that I didn't, didn't know that was there. And um, it's a 2011. Yeringberg Yarra Vale, and Andy reckon it's a it's a top drop. So um, thanks, mate. Looking forward to that. I promised Andy I'm going to drink two glasses of wine today. So today's wealth, wine, and wisdom could get a bit loose, folks. So stick <laughs> stick around <laughs> for the show. Mate, you definitely cannot let that sucker down for a couple of days. It's uh it's an absolute cracker. It's from my backyard. It's from well, not literally my backyard. About forty five to an hour and a half in the in the Yarra Valley, mate. And it's an absolute belter. It's an absolute Mate. belter. Uh, I feel like I've really shortchanged myself and I'm still drinking a good bottle of wine here from our, our good friends at, at Levenstein uh, Hill, uh, which was part of your your mentoring. Uh, and, uh, mate, that's a cracker, but uh, I don't think that they'll mind me saying it, it's not going to hold a candle to the uh, to the liquid gold that you've got <laughs> at, at, at your place today. I love the Wealth Coffee Chats in the, uh, the the background there, mate. We'll have to get a Wealth Wine and Wisdom sign up the back there too. I think so. I'm thinking I need one that sort of double double whammies on that, so we'll get working on that, folks. But um, good to see you, mate. Good to hang out with you. And, and thanks, folks, for uh, joining us on a fantastic Friday. We couldn't make it last Friday because we were both um, at uh, Kerwin Rate. A few of you guys online know who that is. And... Um, uh, today we're back, and um, we're gonna we're gonna hang out for uh, the next sort of 45, 50 minutes. Talk about what's going on. Little bit of uh, intro, folks. Just for for most of you know this, but if you're new, 
uh, let us know. But, you know, you guys know that uh, Andy and I started this connection, debrief, co- connect uh, because of the, the crazy uh, world that was the COVID lockdowns. And we wanted to support you guys and um, debrief the week because things were changing so quickly from the property world, the business and finance world. And uh, we'd have a glass of wine and, and chat about what's going on. And so it's uh, flowed into something fun. We enjoy it. I hope you guys do too. So hang around for the next 45, 50 minutes. We've got a little bit of a, a process that we like to go through. And, um, you know, some of you guys know this one. You know, we like to do um, uh, what's uh, what's on in the news. We'll uh, debrief that. There's plenty going on out there, actually, Andy. It's pretty newsworthy this week. And um, I think... Uh, as the world is, well, our little world anyway, is winding up for budgets and elections. I think there's a little bit of, little bit of interesting conversations to be had, folks. So hang around for that one. Um, we like the idea of, um, you know, doing, uh, getting some questions from you guys. So if you have any questions, you know, type them in the chat right now so we don't miss them, and we could probably answer them along the way. There's been a few of you who have reached out during the middle of the week. Uh, you know who you are, so drop the questions in nice and early so we can see them and we'll do uh, – well, we won't do our best. We'll get to them nice and early if you if you do that. So whack it in there, hashtag Q and whatever your question is and we'll, we'll come to them. We'll make sure. Well, John O'Reilly, good to see you, brother. There's the wine, my friend. Um, we're having a nice cheeky glass. Hopefully you can join us, Roller. And, I think uh, Roller wants- consumer sentiment and <laughs> – Mate, from the consumers of this wine, it's uh, it's pretty damn good, Jono. It's a good consumer sentiment over my side. It would be <laughs> consumer over your side there, Jace. Very happy with this wine. I can tell, Andy. I can tell. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe with all your coaching and support, I'm getting better at understanding what a good wine is. <laughs> so that's fantastic. And, mate, um, folks, last but not least, you know, here's an idea. Maybe there's a few things we should know. And um, a bit of general knowledge, we might uh, teach a little bit of that um, a little bit later on. So um, um, that's the general gist of it. We always kick off. Yeah, are banks becoming easier? Well, Ashley, I'm going to get on to that because uh, old APRA is back at it as well. So that's part of my little uh, my little rant this morning or this afternoon when we kick off into our first part of the day, our first section of it, Andy. So um, I might uh, – we've got a couple of little bits on my slide. I know there's plenty that you've got on too, so I'll knock over a few quick ones and I'd love to get around to where you're at um, as well. So Mate, uh, Spotlight yourself and uh, I'm just going to go and open the door because I need to get some ventilation in here. So wax right, mate. Oh, mate, I'm good at that. Don't you worry about that, folks. Well, uh, while Andy's disappeared, I'll uh, put myself somewhere in the picture. There we go. Um, and, um, you know, let's do what's in the news. Hey, listen, uh, just a quick one. Uh out there in the marketplace, Ashley. This is part of uh, part of the conversation. Yeah, part of the conversation that I wanted to have with uh, with everyone today. You know, uh, funding and Andy. You and I have chatted about this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love our conversation about you believe the future of pricing is going to be based on risk, not old fashioned, and based on supply. Well, really interestingly, Andy, uh, Apra. This speaks to your question, Ashley. APRA just came out and I bloody saw it and I should have snapshotted it, but APRA just came out with some new proposed uh, structures in and around Andy pricing, pricing, 
people's debt in exactly that way. They're saying, hey, listen, (laughs) guidelines for lenders. Hey, if someone wants interest only 90% lending as an investor, well, you know, that pricing's a bit higher. And if you want 70% lending as an owner, occupier and principal interest, well, that pricing's a bit lower. Um, And this is how we should, and maybe, I'm I'm not giving APRA any kudos here because they shit me to tears, these guys, but you know, the, this is the way that it is operated in the bond market yep. for hundreds of years. And this is the way that all debt, apart from housing prices or effectively mortgage price, has happened since the dawn of time, since Caesar. Yep. Hail Caesar, Jace. It was, <laughs> right back then, it was exactly the same thing. It was risk versus reward when it comes to debt. If you're a big risk... <laughs> and you reckon the Romans might have taken you out on the way through, then they're going to want a little bit more for their penny. And yeah. to me, it makes sense. And I, I understand, you know, the fours and against, but low interest rate environment, it makes sense to be able to price on risk. I, I'd Price on risk, yeah. We've been talking about that from the very beginning. Mate, and uh, this speaks to your comment, Alison. You know, as long as we can get still 90% lending, I'm at 100% with you. 90% lending is actually, you know, if you can uh, and it's safe enough, then absolutely do it because, you know, it gives you as a property investor, you know, a little bit more bang for your buck. Um, but here's what I think is going to happen. Here's my call, Andy, for the future, and you and I have talked about this as well. Private money, private equity, private debt is going to be something for the future as well. And I think uh, for all of us, uh, other than being involved in the sort of the regular lending world, which is banks and, you know, we're going cap in hand, uh, I think the private private debt market, Andy, is going to be much more flexible into the future. And Alison, for all of us, uh, I think that's where we're going to start to see some opportunities for us as investors where the pricing's right um, and the risk understanding is right. We're going to see the ability for us to seek debt in another way. Maybe, Andy, what we might call you know, uh, an appropriate way for the risk and reward uh, I think that's going to be big. I think it's going to be massive. There's more money in circulation today, folks, than there has ever been in history for all sorts of reasons. The Australian property market increased in wealth $3 trillion, Let me do that again. $3 trillion um, in the last 24 months, right? Australians have got more money than they've ever had in history. And uh, much of the world is in in the same shape, Andy. Um, after after COVID, in 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 certain places and spaces, and um, that money needs a home and it needs to go to work. And Andy and I have talked about this. Money's looking for places to live, and actually, defensive assets, which is why I put this one right next to it, Andy. I'd love to hear your opinion here. Got someone saying, "Hey, listen, bonds won't exist in ten years." Um, you know. You know, they're gone, they're dead. I don't know about that. But, um, you know, maybe the world of defensive assets when it comes to real estate and mortgage-backed securities and bonds, maybe it's just changing shape right now because the world's got enough money and, and money's cheap and the friction's gone, Andy. And and for me, that that's, uh, that's the key word is friction. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, this is just opinion piece, but uh, in my opinion is 100%. It'll be that it's, it's a, here's the thing is that there is no, crypto is no different to where we've come from. It's just more efficient. 
Yeah. It's just a different mechanism. Uh, so think of it, it's, it's like taking your notes in an old-fashioned binder folder and then all of a sudden you're taking it in uh, OneNote or on Evernote or on whatever note-taking program that you're using. Your notes are now so much more transportable, so much faster to be able to access, so much faster to be able to see and grab a hold of. And, uh, and you know, that, that's my parallel to, you know, fiat, exchange, bank. But what, what a lot of people don't actually understand until not very long ago, banks used to run overnight tape. Like think of a <laughs> four-track recorder. This is no shit. This was yeah, uh, yeah. 10, less than 10 years ago, and, and I think some of them still run. I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been at the cold face of, of banking. But there was a, almost like a tape reconciliation that was going on a day-to-day basis with billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars depending on the day. Now, this just enables a faster um, transaction rate. But let's, let's have a look at what banks do, right? Well, let me ask you a different question. Jace, you're, you're a magnate. You're making a stupid amount of profit. For every dollar that you've lent out, you're, you've actually lent 16 times that. And yep. for every dollar that you've lent out, you're earning around about, you know, a, a, a business EBIT of about four or five percent. So it means you're now, you know, 30, 40 percent sort of EBIT numbers. And I come to you and I say, Jace, it's going to cost you billions of dollars, but I've got a way that in five or six years, the world will start to grasp a faster way of you being able to operate. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Nobody's going to understand it for a long period of time, but ultimately it's going to better the world. It's going to better the community. It's going to better the economy, everything. Are we going to do it now? <laughs> no, they won't. They, they won't do it because yeah, no, this. They're like, hang on, I'm on a good thing here. I'm on a good thing here. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it, yeah. and it, and ladies and gents, it goes under the very valid uh, is that that you know the banks, like everybody else who runs a company or a listed company, they have to work in the favour of the shareholders. And shareholders are represented mostly by profit. Not actually the case, believe it or not, is that shareholders can ask for a, a philanthropic cause and to cut profits uh, if the majority vote for that direction, but uh, usually they don't. They, they go for profits. Anyway, yep. off my snowbox, uh, Jace, back to you. <laughs> now, listen, so, I, folks, I think the future, and which sort of speaks to Alison, um, you know, and Ashley talking about, you know, the availability of credit. You know, Andy, you and I were talking about this the other week as well. You know, we got asked the question when we were up on stage the other day, you know, and it really is, folks, the big thing, I think for the future to keep an eye on is the access to credit. I actually think um, APRA won't won't make the same mistake it did last time, but it is trying to get in there and manipulate some things. The agenda is not quite clear just yet to me, but uh, I think there's something behind the scenes that uh, I want to sort of discover. But um, you know, um, you know, Bob was asking about you know what about the yield and it inverting and other things like that. Those things are certainly. There's certainly something to to look for, but I think those conversations are changing, Andy. You're like what it used to be is not what it's going to be, um, and um, there's kind of this we're in this transition from what used to be and what what's going to be this brave new world. So I reckon it's going to take five to ten years to transition. You know, crypto. You know, private lending being the norm. You you know what might happen, Andy and folks listening in. You might go to the main bank. This is what happens for developers, folks. This is what happens to the professional people in in the real world. This is what happens. You know, I want to get a project off the ground. I'll go to a main lender and I'll buy 
I'll buy debt at 60% uh, of something and I'll buy it at 3%. That's what I, uh, 60%. And now I've got to make up the difference between how much I'm putting in. I want to put in 10%. The difference is 30%. And I will feel the difference like professionally in, in commercial lending. I will get a second lender uh, and I will get maybe an equity or, a, or a, um, a joint venture partner and I'll fill the gaps. The second lender lends me 20% at 10% and then the equity partner will lend me 10% or become a, a, a participant for 20% and the blended rate across the whole thing, you know, might turn out at five or six or seven. And, um, you know, like that's actually, I think, what's going to happen in the future, Andy, a very different version of that. But I think private lending... I think people will be able to to top up eighty percent to ninety percent lending from from private. I'll lend you I'll lend you ten percent at a eight percent interest rate, Andy. You can go and borrow the other eighty percent at three percent. Your blended rate is four point two, and everyone's a winner. That's what I think. I, I think that's in the future for residential real estate, um, well, and I think there's some mechanisms in place that'll allow that to happen, but they're not mature yet. And Look, I agree in the philosophy. I, I don't know about real estate, so I don't know where it'll sit. But uh, the one thing about private money is that it goes to the highest security for the best rate. Yeah. Because yeah. private money is smart money. You know? And uh, it's going where it can get the greatest amount of capital guarantee uh, for the least amount of risk and get a bit of a premium. So, so cocktail. No, yeah, not cocktail. Uh, <laughs> not cocktail lending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that brings some. That brings some uh, GFC connotations in there, doesn't it? Um, but uh, uh, no, what, not what Jason was talking about is is how uh, it, smart institutional money can actually work, and uh, and and how they. Ne- you, you you will always hear that very wealthy people never use their own money to get rich, that's and it. that that's effectively what Jason's talking about. Now, that kind of mechanism is, uh, at the moment, uh, that's isolated for your sophisticated investors uh, or it's available in the retail market through CDOs and collateralised debt obligations that nobody wants to buy anymore because the world blew, it up, blew itself up. Um, but the, the point being is risk-based lending uh, and, and it comes back to Jace's point here about uh, Gore is talking about Digital currencies, yes, I think that it's it's going to be there. Now, what I don't mean by that is don't go out and buy Bitcoin and stuff like that. I think that what you'll end up with is a far more stable universe of coins uh, and there will be different kind of mechanisms to them. But the ability to make fast decisions as to how your money is deployed from a risk perspective, I think that that is going to be a very interesting place to play. And the key reason behind it, uh, which I think Jace is alluding to, is that at the moment we are still in low interest rate territory. Personally, and, and I'm a peripheral visionary, I can see into the future, but just way off to the side, but generally a little bit... A <laughs> I, little like bit closer, I like that. <laughs> a little bit closer than your average uh, economist, though. Oh, you're a good economist. Uh, but I, I, I kind of see that um, it would be hard for us to deviate from the path of Japan too much and what we're seeing right now is the Reserve Bank is being very, very cautious about how it's judging inflation. Because right now in Australia, inflation is above its target rate. Yeah. And the Reserve Bank are saying, oh, we're thinking about it. 
trying to scare the market a little bit, trying to tame things a little bit because they're a little bit scared, I reckon, about raising things too fast because it can have a really big effect. And so maybe we need to look at other things within the market, uh, innovations in order to be able to restabilise what used to be term deposits, government bonds, term uh, corporate bonds, things of that, things of that nature. Yep. A long way away from the cocktail lending. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think yeah, and I, I like your sort of out into the future, but off to the side. I I feel the same way, you know, Andy, and folks. We've talked about this, and this is opinion piece right now. Really, at the end of the day, you know, at some point, someone's going to crack this code, and maybe Andy, you and yeah. you and I might even do it. You know, everyone has a certain amount of equity that's going to be sitting in their in their in their securities. You know, real estate's a very understandable security has been for thousands of years in the economic system, Andy. Um, you know, and so I think the idea of 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 smart contracts, you know, the yep, smart contracts folks, the digital world, you could technically lock up a hundred thousand dollars of your equity with ever after refinance and then allow someone else to use your equity um as security to do something else, but you get paid for it. I, that's going to happen in the in. <laughs> that's going to happen in the future. I think you're right, uh, Alison. Um, I've, I've, I'm sticking to my promise of drinking two glasses of this good wine that Andy gave me, and I'm uh, actually entering my second. So you know, watch out. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten whether it was uh, maybe maybe we should go back to was it Shane or Ashley who said let's jump on the tequila. Maybe maybe that's the solution. <laughs> oh, that could end things badly. But you know, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And Hardik, equity isn't debt. And this is this interesting thing, like you know, we're 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 taking a different tact here on this conversation, but I think it's a great one. Equity, folks, is 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 un untapped, unrealized, unused potential. That's what it is, right? And you know, for all of us as investors, if we're sitting there, if we own something that is worth more than than uh, we owe on it. And the the downside of owning a principal place of residence, Andy, you and I teach a PPR upgrade strategy for wealth into the future. The downside of owning an expensive home, which is worth $2 million and you've got $100,000 debt on it, is you've got $1.5 million worth of value creating two-fifths of, you know, F all income for you. It's useless, right? And so what are the alternatives? There's kind of this black or white version of the world and and I think there needs to be this blend, this grey version of the world. Maybe, I don't know. I think we'll call it uh, lifestyle equity, Jason. A lifestyle Maybe. equity. Yeah, there you absolutely. Go. Yeah, it's a and good it, one. And it is. Uh, it yeah. 100% is. We, yeah. You know, there's there's people who ask the question as to, you know, what, you know how, do we, how do we become richer without necessarily uh, being able to put too much more money in our pocket? And, and the, the, the answer is very limited. If you do have a big principal place of residence, great, safe, wonderful, not tax deductible. Um, if it provides you with the quality of life that you want, wonderful. Uh, but it's lifestyle equity. And uh, and the price that you pay for that is potentially having to sacrifice the future or, or downgrade that principal place of residence. And as a part of a strategy, that's fine. It's great. Yeah. If it's part it's, of your strategy, Andy, it's it's almost like it's a lifestyle uh, equity. Yeah. It's a vanity balance sheet, right? It's a vanity it's balance sheet. <laughs> It's a jet ski. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is a jet ski. You enjoy it once a year. Um, and <laughs> well, anyway, last couple of years were good, mate, because if you, if you did have that lifestyle equity in the property, it was a nice place to hang out for a couple of years down in Victoria. Totally, totally. But, you know, uh, you know, it depends, Ashley, Hardik. You know, you guys asking some good questions. You know, great questions. Uh, yeah, and and you know, Sabu, you know, like you know, is is it worth refinancing? And it all the the answer is it depends, Sabu. What's your outcome? Where are you now? Where do you want to be? How long have you got to get there? Um, you know, for me, the idea, yeah, Ashley, is you know, Andy's been working in financial planning for decades. You know, there's nothing worse, folks, than arriving at sixty going. What do I do, Andy? And Andy's going, well, you fucking should have seen me 20 years ago. That's what that's what that's what you should have done. Um, and we should have had this plan in place for 20 years. It's very difficult to arrive somewhere without having done the right things at the right time and get a good outcome, folks. So, you know, the answer, Sabu, is like, is is refinancing worth it? The answer is yes, if it's part of the plan and it's structured for your future, you know, and there's other things, and I won't dive into it today, but if you track down um, uh, a little video I've done called Equity Lock, mate, search it on YouTube and on our Positive Real Estate TV um, videos, Equity Lock, it, it's absolutely worth it. What happens, folks, is is we are conditioned. We're conditioned to reduce our owner-occupier debt. And who gets rich by you paying your home off, folks? Tell me who gets bloody rich because you don't. I'm telling you right now, who gets rich? Tell me, oh, put it in the chat. Hardik, you've, you've put it, you've put him up on the box, mate. Hardik, I'm fired up now. I'm fired up. You're not going to get him back <laughs> down, mate. <laughs> Who's getting rich when you're paying your home off, folks? Because you're bloody not. I can tell you because when you pay your home off, it's not creating any income, right? Um, the banks are getting rich, folks. Okay, because the banks, like Andy said, is they take your equity, they securitize it, um, and then they go and lend it out. You know, at a ratio of something like sixteen to seventeen times. Um, yep, absolutely. So anyway, I better not get wound up about this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and Hardik, you're right. Andy could probably speak to this one about, you know, the appropriate time of, you know, talking about it's not SMSF. Let's let's take that off the table, Hardik. It's about when does super become, you know, the right vehicle um, or a vehicle of choice potentially, not necessarily the right one. Um and, um, you know, those things are, you know, part of an overall strategy as well, mate, you know. Right. And, and Hardy, here, here's the, the simple formula, PPT, it's purpose, place and time. And with yeah. any investment, that, that's really what you need to be looking at. Uh, what's the purpose of it? Uh, what place does it have in my, in my world of, of wealth creation or, or maybe wealth stability? Um, and, you know, where, what time am I or what time is it in my life cycle? And uh, the, I'm a big believer uh, that you use super in a very specific way and that there are times when the government is a greater risk to super than the investment. And, uh, and anyone could argue that. My opinion yeah. is that at a point in time it is because yeah. you're so long to being able to touch it. Uh, and so it's a matter of going, well, how do I make things work best for me given my life? And the problem is with our life, Hardik, if we all knew that we were going to get to 100, we'd probably play the game a little bit differently. And, uh, and we probably all have a pretty similar game. Uh, but we all know that, unfortunately, life is very short for some of us and sometimes, unfortunately, really long for others. 
And and I say that quite legitimately. And and the game, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to a wealth game, is is kind of trying to go, well, based on the way that I want to play my life today, for tomorrow and for the future, you know, what what's the best strategy? And I guess the best way that I can point you, I know that I haven't given you anything other than questions, but is to ask great questions about like, how much risk am I willing to take today? How much of my lifestyle do I want to sacrifice? Because I know some very, 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 very happy people who have just lived hand to mouth because they enjoy the moment. But here's the thing is they don't bitch and moan when they get older and they realize that, um, you know, there's not going to be what they want there. And it's about making the choices with an understanding of where you want to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's some conversations, Alison, you know, like Andy, you know, you know, you, you were, you were the person I stole this from, which is great. That's why I love hanging out with you. You know, the biggest risk to any investor is, is political, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not anything else. Right. So yeah, Alison, I think they will. How, how true is that? How yeah. true is that? Like just whack a hell yes in the in the chat if you believe that to be true. The biggest risk to your investment in your business, the biggest risk to the amount of tax you're going to pay, the biggest risk to your investment is the government. Like just whack a hell yes. I want to see how many of you actually that lands with. I, I, um, I reckon everyone will be doing it, man. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, and, and Alison's got, you know, do you think they'll do caps on on super and stuff like that? And, and yep. the answer is, is, yeah, they will. And, However, Andy, maybe you you, uh, you you might agree or disagree on this one. I listen. Even if they mess with it, even if they <laughs> they're coming through now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grubby, grubby government. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, even if they mess with um, that stuff, it'll still be better than not. Um, it'll still be better than in your own name or other vehicles, right? That, that, that's kind of where I think, you know, hey, right now, folks, you know, if you didn't come along to Andy's presentation the other night at Mentoring, well, you bloody missed out. It was amazing. Um, you know, tax-free lifestyle up to, for a couple of $220,000, like, you know, that's on the table right now for everyone, right? Now, the government might mess with that, folks, but they won't mess with it. They won't take it away 100% is my belief because they can't afford to. But they might mess with, you know, it more over and above that, Andy, or they might come down and reduce it to 180 or something like that. But, you know, that's the... Well, at the moment they're talking about 5 million as the cap. Yeah. Uh, And (laughs) to be be fair, like 5 million, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not not greatly opposed to it. I kind of go 5 million, you know. But okay, fair enough. Like five million worth of tax-free funds, uh, or tax concession. And at the moment, it's one point seven million uh, per person with the, the ability to be tax-free. And I say the ability to be tax-free uh, doesn't necessarily that you're going to get there. You have to do it the right way. They're making a lot of hurdles, uh, and yep. they make it very complicated, which well, is great for yeah, us, Jase, because they need people like us to to guide people through it. But it'd well, be nice this is the thing. Easy. This is the thing, Andy. You and I in our professions exist because the government makes it so bloody hard, you know, to achieve what, what they say is every Australian's right. You know, it's like, it's, you're like everyone, you know, we want to support you. No, you friggin' don't. You make it too complicated, but um, you know, I'm with that. You know, if everyone can have a 5 million, I, I, I'd, I'd vote for it if they took away all the hurdles to get 5 million in there. 
I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's hilarious, Jason. That's just hilarious. Imagine. Yeah, just imagine. But, yeah, anyway, there you go. <laughs> it'll, it'll be the headline. We've given you the ability to get $5 million into a highly taxed concession vehicle. And then the comment that nobody will respond back with is that you've, you've also created laws that mean that it's impossible to get that much in there. Oh, uh, it, it's ludicrous, isn't it, you know? But, you know, folks, if you, if you were at Andy's presentation the other night, you know, if, you, if you've got a 10-year runway, you can actually achieve that. Maybe 10, 15 is probably the time frame. You know, if you're smart and you're considered and you're strategic, then, you know, there's a runway. And even Andy's been twisting my arm on, you know, buy well, maybe sometimes strategically sell. Um- <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you can't, here's the beauty. Is you can't, you, you can't the, the one thing isn't always right. Uh, and uh, but I do want to just jump onto the, the the question that just came up, and it was a paired user on Facebook there that was saying, "So, uh, do you cash every cent of your super uh, and, day, and the day you turn sixty and stick it under your mattress just in case?" Probably a little <laughs> bit tongue in cheek, but uh, the answer is definitely no. Like that, what what we're talking about is if you're or what I'm talking about and what Jace is alluding to here is is if you're between the ages of say you know sixteen and thirty, right? Well. If you're at the end of that spectrum, 30 means that you've still got your whole life to live again plus five years before you can access your superannuation under a standard term of release. Yeah. Now, if you look back in time, how many times have the governments changed the laws into super? A lot. And how many times have they done it to your benefit? Arguably, they'd say it's all for your benefit. but. So, no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying that if you've got it in there and you're 60, man, you've got some incredible capabilities of doing some really, really cool stuff. And uh, so I would certainly be, you know, uh, not taking it out uh, unless there was a very, very compelling reason. Totally. And, you know, 1.7, be nice. Joe, mate, absolutely. And, you know, the thing that we, Andy and I, firmly believe is every single person with a good strategic plan and the right time frame, can actually have a plan to get to 1.7. Like absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, every day. Like that's what we firmly believe in, and you know that's what we've spent. You know, our last, you know, 20 years as professionals refining because, you know, the 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 gist of it, team, is, you know, wealth is about how much you get to keep, not how much you make, and. It, like the the keep piece is about understanding where the most efficient place to keep it is, right? Um, and um, you know that's where you get you have to have smart people like Andy on your team to bloody be be looking at all of that stuff. You know, day in day out, they love it. You know, I know Andy sort of you know every time he goes to the goes to the loo, he's got you know the super handbook you know to to read rather than the magazines. You know, like that's the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bloody terrible existence. You, you're making me out to be quite the adventurer, Jason. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just making fun, folks. I have been known, and my wife is horrified by this. But you know, I have a, I had a tax manual sitting beside the, uh, beside the, uh, the loo, and every time I'd go to the loo, I would, do, I would read a few pages of the tax manual. So you know. Um, Maybe that uh, speaks volumes about you and me, Andy. Maybe I should stop drinking right now. Um, (laughs) That's the reason why you always used to have a shit sleep. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Well, listen, um, mate, I might um, 
We might finish with this one, and I might throw to a couple of others. I think there's a few things in your world that might be worth chatting about. But this is really interesting for all of you property nuts like me out there. Check this out. This is a, this is this is dwellings per one thousand people. The difference between year two thousand and year two thousand and twenty as a ratio in countries, and. Um, you know, the orange is 2000, you know, that was the year the Olympics was in Sydney. And, um, you know, 2020 was the uh, the year that wasn't um, with the old COVID connection uh, and it wouldn't have gotten any different in a year and a bit. Look at the ratio, folks, of a 20-year change of a 1,000 people ratio per dwelling. And... Australia is in all sorts, and and this is where, you know, it's an interesting one, and this this actually speaks volumes. You know, over twenty years, because we've actually had a twenty year supply, a supply a real estate supply chain issue in Australia. And Jason, I think I'm going to go shopping in the Czech Republic, mate. <laughs> the other way around. Check it out, Iceland, Czech Republic. Yeah, yes, yeah, yep. good actually, places to be. It, it's reversed. That's well, amazing. there's there's three places, right? And it's interesting, UK, um, Sweden, you know, wow. and like you have a look at those places. It it's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, I, I and I saw this one the other day. Um, shout out to Timmy Boyle, good mate of ours. Um, uh, like he finds all sorts of awesome stuff, mate. Um, and you think, all right, well, how does this work? What's going on here, right? The reduction. And, and not the increase. And um, this is why I'm very bullish, even though I'm, I'm one-eyed, I'm, I look for positive bias when it comes to real estate. That's me, uh, like completely 100%, um, uh, you know, property person. However, you know, some of this this statistics and information is pretty pretty interesting when, it, when you look at it. So This is an incredible you know, slide, Jase. There, there's... There's a lot that goes into this, isn't there? Who, who reckons? Yep. Whack it! Hell yes! If you reckon this is a very <laughs> interesting slide, this uh, is a bit mind blowing, mate. To be fair, it, it is, and I, I and I, I thought you might enjoy one like this, you know, because you you love a good um, bit of good data, and 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 I, I guarantee your mind's racing. You're like, well, how the hell? What the? You know? So really, at the end of the day, we've spent twenty years, folks, and our system, our delivery system of real estate, has has literally done two-fifths of bugger all. Like it's it's actually, like it just hasn't, like it just, it's failed. Um, and, um, you know, Czech Republic and Iceland too, you know, it, arguably the other, the other countries around the world have got better delivery systems for their, you know, uh, their citizens than those other countries. So it's an interesting one to have a look at. Uh, and this is one of the sort of really, High level prime reasons where I why I believe the next three to five five years in real estate is going to be, you know, fairly comfortable, nice place to be as an investor, and um, you know maybe going back to um, you know that question about yield curve and and stuff like that, you know maybe that's a question for you, Andy. But you know in the yield world of real estate, um, we're on the we're already six months, <laughs> twelve months into like. The biggest rental boom boom we have seen, um, you know, in Australia's history. I'm like telling you, it's it's record. It's another record, Andy. And uh, <laughs> it's, no- we're wreaking we're record highs or lows. 
Record uh, highs. There's no evidence to that. I'm just that's just the wine talking. Another record, but um, this is something you won't <laughs> see in the Fin Review. <laughs> but uh, well, matter of fact, matter of fact, we did. I don't know if I, I showed this. Actually, I should I should go and have a look. Um, yeah, it was in the Fin Review, uh, and I, I wanted to do a little. I bloody told you so, you blokes, uh, ladies and gents. Uh, where was it? Uh, it was. Um, uh, well, while you're finding it, Jace, you might appreciate this. I was chatting with uh, Angus McLeod, who's an there investment specialist at uh, Morningstar just the other day, and I've got some cool slides that we – maybe we'll get through some of them today, but uh, we'll definitely have a chat about them next week. And he, we, he actually – and I know that you already know this, but I'd never joined the dots because uh, it, he was talking – we were talking about saturation and I was talking about the velocity of money like we talk about a lot and how information is so quickly accessible and so that now by the time in equity markets that people see a, a devaluation in their portfolio, quite often it's too late to make a decision and the best decision is to hold. Um, unless there's something majorly structurally wrong with the whole world. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so we, we, were, we were talking about that. He's gone, well, funny you should say that is because, you know, the media, because I said, oh, this, these are the conversations you don't hear in the media. And he's gone, well, it can't be in the media because nowadays uh, all, of the, uh, all of the journalists, they get paid per click. And I'd never thought of it from that perspective. Journalists paid per click. That's crazy. It, it makes sense though, doesn't it? Because where do you read the ah, you, Jace? Where do you? I, I've got the app myself on on here, but quite often, yeah. if I want to know what's going on, I scroll, I scroll through the feed. Yeah, and so it's so then if you're on the opposite side of that as a journalist now, and it'd be great to speak to John O'Rolly about this. I reckon it'd be uh, great to get John O on the show to talk about how this would impact on media and uh, different franchises. But the journalists are actually paid per click. Now, now, maybe not literally, but as a theme, the success based on how many people hit on a headline in the Fin Review. So, hence the reason why it's inflammatory and tries to make people do things, which is click on, but the, the ramification can sometimes be do the wrong investment move. Anyway, that's isn't that is, Isn't that just, well, whew, right. yeah. You know, it was a really interesting take from a very, very, very analytical person. Well, there you go, man. Well, you know, journalists, you know, journalists not writing about the thing that they need to shed shed a light on or shed the truth on, but you know, you know, yeah, geez, okay, well, we got to sit on that one. That one's gonna that one's gonna percolate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you go. Well, speaking of in review, like this is what popped up the other day. You know, I've been talking about this for for over twelve months, folks. We're we're in the middle of a rent boom. It's happening, um, and I think this is just, um, you know, this is just going to be reflective of what's coming, Andy. Um, but, um, mate, I'm going to stop rabbiting on, and I want to give you the stage because I know there's a bunch of stuff that we wouldn't mind sort of, you know, peppering out there um, from your neck of the woods because we got the budget, we got other things happening, and, uh, mate, there's lots to talk about. I, th- there is, but what I'd be keen to know from uh, from all of you out there right now is uh, is is if you got any burning questions. Do you have questions on oil? Do you have questions on interest rates? Do you have questions on uh, on Ukraine? Do you have questions on equity markets? Whack, whack them in. Let's see if we can talk to what you want a little bit because I've got the 
the full box and dice today. I've come fully loaded and, and I'm happy to go anywhere we need to go. But while we do that, I'll just go into another Yogi Bearer quote. I <laughs> love to, Yogi. <laughs> I do love Yogi. He, God bless him. Uh, and you can observe a lot just by watching. And <laughs> it may sound silly, but sometimes people look, but they, they don't see. Sometimes people see, but they don't understand. It's uh, kind of like what I say, you, you, or, or devil's advocate, taste. But don't, oh, oh, feel, but oh, I can't remember. I'm going to butcher it. Anyway, let's get on with it. So what's not in the news, Jason? What's not in the news that we love? Mate, put yourself in the top left-hand corner. Top left? There you go. There you go. Boom. All right. You're right down there, mate? <laughs> Indeed. So what, what's not in the news? COVID's not in the news and we're coming into winter. Thank God for that. Yeah. What else isn't in the news? And I think we're all pretty appreciative. I'm going to keep bringing it up. As lot, the less that we see <laughs> of these two, the happier everyone is, isn't it? The happiness index has actually gone up in Australia, and I'm pretty sure it's because these two people are not in the media. So let's have a look at a couple of little things that are in the news, and uh, and then I'll get into some burning statistics. But I'd love to know what you guys want to know. So if you want to know anything about inflation, oil, conflict in Iraq, markets, whack it in there. We'll get to it. This is really interesting and, uh, uh, mate, we, we kind of pegged this a couple of weeks ago and we were, we were yeah. talking about it. Civil contractors say they are hugely stretched due to soaring prices and have called governments to follow Queensland's lead and bear more of the costs of uh, building materials. Well, <laughs> I could say a lot, but I'm not going to. All right. Uh, I know far too many people in this sector who have uh, who have made an extraordinary amount of money, but um, uh no, no, I won't. I'll end up with a horse's head in my bed one day. So I'll just keep that one to myself. But the reality behind this is, of course, infrastructural projects are going to have big impacts. By Think about the budget that was sit for the Brisbane uh, Olympics. Think yeah. about where that's sitting right now with oil prices, with steel prices, with all of these different price rises. Understand that these price rises may well be limited to how this tension in Ukraine pans out. And I've got a few things to say about that soon. But this is a real thing, right? So we are going to see infrastructure costs increase. Uh, petrol costs are obviously through the roof. That flows through. So what we need to be thinking about as investors and through the economy is, well, anybody who drives a car, anyone, anywhere, anybody who drives something that's not a Tesla uh, or one of the few other cars out there that, uh, that are powered by other sources, if they relate to business, business costs are going up. So we're just, this is the first of many, many articles that we're going to see and it's going to keep on going while the Ukraine crisis continues to go. Um, so we, we sort of called that. The effects may be well short-term, but here's the thing. Oh, that's what I wanted to say with this. You can be damn sure that by the time they make a decision on this and start to help out, that the effects of whatever's going on in the Ukraine will have stopped. The prices will come down, but the subsidies that go into those markets will still remain the same. That's my future call, allegedly. Andy said it now. Um, that's just bad budgeting, but we'll see how they do. Um, scientists have, uh, have an insight into what happens to someone when they take enough psychedelics to experience hallucinogenic effect. But little research has been conducted on the effects of small doses. I'm pretty sure, Jason, that's because the scientists are too busy getting off their chops <laughs> to try and figure out what's actually happening with the small doses. <laughs> Amazing. 
Like why start the study on the micro dose when you're just still having too much of a good time on the other side of it? Incredible article. I just thought it was fun. Uh, <laughs> and this one, the, the, and this one's another classic, Jace. This is, a, I mean, <laughs> this, this is just when you have no consequences of the, the purse strings that you, you, you flow to the world. Uh, like if, if you had an endless ability to print money and no ramifications on it, like the things that you would do would probably be humanitarianly just amazing. But when you're a politician, it's, it's quite staggering. Uh, so the coalition has, uh, is being urged to extend its incredible, incredibly successful, that's the word I love about this, apprenticeship <laughs> wage subsidy before it expires next week. Well, hello, hello, uh, not rocket science. When you subsidise 50% of an apprentice's wage, do you think that there's going to be a fair few people who are saying, no, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop? Here's the thing, Jace, is that it, it's almost a blanket. And it's like, well, if building and construction are going berserk, and I'm not picking on the builders and, uh, and that out there, that, that's not what this is about, right? Because the, clearly the politicians are not going to listen to Jason and I. But if, if, if you're having a, your best year yet and you're just absolutely crushing it, but the medical field needs more apprentices, well, why wouldn't you just tweak and balance that out? Now, the reason why I say this is we've got an incredible friend, Heather Gardner, uh, incredible in the RTO space, knows this sort of stuff backwards. She sent us a list uh, of the available occupations for these apprenticeships. You would be staggered. You would be staggered to see the list, Jace. You would be staggered to see who's not on the list. On the list, like Medical yeah. fields, nurses, all of the things that the government is saying that they're trying to increase. Uh, allegedly, because I'd have to go back and take a double check because there are many, many sectors on there uh, that, mate, quite clearly, if you're going to offer a 50% wage subsidy for apprentices out there, they're going to be pretty unhappy when you take it away. Not a lot of news there, I don't think, but I thought it was interesting. This, this is something which drives me absolutely bonkers, mate. We make up 2% of the world's GDP. Ladies and gentlemen, put it in the chat box. What percentage of global GDP do we make up for? 2%, whack it in there, 2%. And if you get the chance, what's the other side of 2%? Whack that in there as well. Are, are you talking Australia, yeah? So Australia's Australia. GDP, yeah. Australia's GDP, 2%. So Prime Minister uh, says that the participation of, of Vladimir Putin in global forums after accusation of war crimes is a step too far. So... Morrison's been poking the bear a fair bit down here in Australia, and I kind of think that we're 2% of the global GDP. Um, Russia, substantially larger, fair to say. Yeah. Uh, China, substantially larger, fair to say. Uh, do we rely on both of those countries? Fair to say we kind of do. Um, so I, I just, I don't know, mate. I, Scott Morrison obviously knows how to pick a mark, though, doesn't he? Like, he, he's, 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 our, he's our prime minister. See, You'd think I was a liberal boy until right now, wouldn't you? You'd think he'd be able to pick a mark. You'd think he'd be able to pick a mark. So, you know, but he doesn't have a great track record of picking his mark very well, does he? Because, you know, he, he tried to pick this mark once upon a time and she tore him to shreds and now he's got someone who's 6,000 nukes in his hand. Maybe Scott should just choose his battles a little bit or just maybe just be quiet because we make up 2% of the global GDP and maybe we should just kind of, chill out here in the background we can have our opinions we can think what we want but maybe like maybe let's figure out how we can handle uh grace 
before we go for Putin. Just saying. I don't know. And and I know they're both contentious issues, but <laughs> Mate, getting yeah, exactly. getting into the getting into the more real stuff. Uh, I was just waiting for to see what you guys wanted to uh, what you guys wanted to have a look at. So uh, Dave's saying, uh, what are some good share sectors uh, to invest in that are affected by inflation more than others? Uh, temporary wage increase. Okay, so we don't have too many questions that are coming through. Well. Let's, let's have a look at this. There's, there's a couple of great slides in here, Jason. I'd be interested to know what you want to know in the next five minutes because there's about four hours worth of content I've got up my sleeve Mate. here. Yeah. Um, but maybe we go to the velocity of markets. And so that, that red line there, so we've got the US market uh, here. All right, so this is the US market. And, and March, oh. oh, you wouldn't believe it, my pen. A pen's lost its uh, lost its thing. Lost uh, its virility, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know how to respond to that. Actually, you know what? I think I can plug it in. Plug I it in, mate. Plug uh, it in. Yeah. I think I can. Uh, I can. I could get this thing happening while while we're here. Well, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to see like this, and you know, while you're doing that, Andy, like you know, what I can see here, and this is, you know, team. Andy showed some history stuff like this before. Like something happened, it shocks the world. And then everyone goes, yeah, well, fuck it, let's get on with it, right? You know, um, the, the human spirit is is one of like we can endure, we can do it, we can fix it, we can continue. And as an investor, that's the, that's the foundation piece, Andy. You know, like, you know, and I don't want to seem insensitive, but, you know, let's just put this aside. Wars. You know, bloody, you know, COVID, you know, changes in political stuff, like economic, like the GFC. Folks, to be honest, like those things are temporary and momentary. Like they're not long term. And, you know, it's uh it's bloody hell, it's it's such an interesting thing to see to see those things in a chart like this, Andy, is 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 probably my point. COVID, everyone shit themselves. The world's going to end. No, it bloody mate, won't. It, it, it was over. It was yeah. over. And yeah. mate, I, I can tell you, there are a few moments where I, I, I said to myself, "This is going to be different. This is going to be different." But I, there, and maybe Ron will be watching. There's a, a good mate of mine, Ron Kaharski, Kaharski, uh, yeah. good Polish name. Good mate of mine for many years. Haven't chatted with him for too long. But we, we were talking about. It. We we're like, what's the next thing? And pandemics were, were one of about five things. So we, so we had nuclear war, we had pandemics, because the same thing doesn't happen again. Different things yeah. happen. Different because things we actually happen. do learn to a degree by our mistakes. And, uh, and so this was definitely on the cards. But I, I thought at one point in time, I thought, is this going to be different? And, and then you and I had a bit of a conversation. You snapped me out of that bit of a funk, because sometimes you can get into a bit of a funk. You're like, Andy, this yeah. is the opportunity of a lifetime. I'm like, I... That was what one of my best teachers ever taught me in 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 the world of investing, uh, and it was when everybody's scared, look for the opportunity, mm. because everyone's too too scared to see it. But if you're willing to not be scared, it's just going to smack you in the face, and then you're going to think that it's too good to be true. So you probably are going to doubt yourself, and that that's then the true testament of an of a of a of an investor, a real investor, investor who who's going to make some calls when things get pretty hairy out there, much like what you did, mate. To be fair, yeah. 
So this is this is COVID down here. Oh, it didn't charge up, but the, the white line is COVID. Uh, sorry, the, the yellow line is COVID. Now, let's have a look at the US uh, and then Australia. So Australia up about 62% since the biggest thing that's happened in Australia since the GFC. Right, uh, US up 99%. Check this. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm saving it for later. So, Jason, <laughs> putting you on the spot, putting, putting you on the spot and, in, and all you out there, what's, what country in the world do you think since the beginning of the year has actually had a positive share market? What country you, in the world? You're talking 2022? I'm talking 2022 up to now. Yeah. It's actually been in the green since the beginning of the year. What country? And then... <laughs> it's coming. And then what sector do you think, out of all of the sectors in the world, what sector do you reckon is the one sector? Now, that's a little bit easier. What's the one sector you think that's been positive? And, uh, and we're going to jump into this. This is, this is a bit of fun. So, Jason... Well, I don't know about the country, but I, I'm gonna just—I'm gonna go bloody real estate. Industrial real estate's been killing it. That's my—that's my sector. But anyway, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but uh, maybe I'm one-eyed. Tech says Gary. Gary says tech since uh, the beginning of the year. Gary since, since the beginning the, of the year. Have a look at that year. graph. Have yeah. a look at that graph. All right. Uh, China. It's China. Dan saying China. Um, Australia mining. Hey, actually, that's not bad. Actually, you know, I'm going to change my answer. Can I change my answer? You can. You can. <laughs> I, I don't I'm think there's say, a war index, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say energy. I'm going to say the energy sector. And um, I'm going to say, shit, the US. Or oh. I don't know, renewables. Oh, look, here we Mate, go. Aaron, we've, renewables. We've, we've been talking about it a lot, Jace, you and I. We've been talking about this country quite a lot. Japan. Been, Japan. Been through Japan. this before. Been through this Japan, before. Um, Japan, Japan is, is is actually up there, but uh, it's it's the UK. But Japan yeah. is is one of the the better performers, one of the one of the best performing markets uh, around. Uh, but the the UK, we've been giving them a fair bit of stick recently because of everything that they've gone through. But they've been punished so badly that I think the only reason they're positive is because they were so negative before that, you know, the old, <laughs> you, you know, the old joke is, you, you know, how to, you know how to tell the, the plane has come from English, England, when the engine stops, you can still hear the whining, but, uh, but anyway, so no, I'm just joking. I love my English friends. So but England had, uh, had been punished and Japan is now actually starting to push the positive as well. So Jace, you were pretty, you were pretty much smack on the money. Japan's actually done very, very well recently. Mm. Uh, but asset class here, so just let's have a look, global asset class returns year to date, everything negative apart from the United Kingdom, but the United Kingdom had been smashed to smithereens. Uh, we do then have Japan, who is one of the close uh, quarters there and emerging markets. Japan's one of the closest um, and inflation-linked bonds. So Japan is actually the front runner next to the UK, mate. So you're pretty much there. So, but... Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Witten has picked it. The property guy has uh, has picked the uh, the sector that has performed positively from the beginning of the year. Let me jump out of the way there as well. Uh, so global sector returns year to date, uh, and having a look in here, financials just down a little bit. 
materials just down a little bit, utilities just down a little bit, consumer staples, interestingly enough, just down a little bit, mm. uh, industrials, healthcare, real estate. Now, now, remember that these things all went absolutely berserk. 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 Yeah. Uh, and now, obviously, energy prices, oil, but it's not just oil that's kept it up. It would probably be just a little bit negative if it weren't for oil prices right now. Uh, but this is a, certainly a sector. Now, the oil parts of that sector might get reasonably aggressively hit uh, in the future. But uh, 100%, kudos to you, Jace. The energy sector has been the big winner. But here's the, here's the thing is that, uh, and I won't talk to that. There's a couple of things I want to talk to, but, geez, I've got so much to talk about. Um, one of this, this is the, the, this is the theme and you and I have been talking about the value rotation and, and you yeah. talk about, you know, growth properties versus value properties, income producing properties versus, you know, growth producing properties. Uh, and as we sort of wrap up tonight, maybe I'll, I'll lay a few seeds. Uh, yes. and, and ladies and gents, there's so much more of this. We can jump into oil, everything. Um, I've had some incredible conversations with incredible smart cats recently, and I've got some incredible data that's sitting behind here. Like that, uh, that, that that's mind blowing right there, Andy. Like, you know, as folks, just look at that. Like, look at two eighteen to two twenty and the and the pandemic. And it's not has it doubled or almost tripled? Three hundred and twenty percent the Fang Index. But Whoa. the Fang Index is uh is Meta or Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet. Wow. Right? That, that was an index that was the point being is that that index is now so big. You've got Apple, trillion dollars, you know, and all of the uh, Apple, uh, Alphabet, I think, hit trillion. Uh, uh, could be wrong, could be wrong. Uh, definitely uh, 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 Apple. I've forgotten one of the others made the trillion-dollar market cap. So these companies statistically distort the total market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you turn on the, the television, I was about to say the wireless, uh, <laughs> the radio, Andy. Yeah, the, the old radio, <laughs> where you hear whacking, flating, inflatable salt salt band is uh, pr- promoting the most brilliant thing there that's never ever been beaten. No, it's uh, uh, the wireless. Uh, when you look at this, there's been an, a huge, huge take forward on the Fang Index. So the Fang Index is the blue one. That's the big one. That's the big tech giants, and that is such a massive part of the market. It moves the market upwards. So underneath yeah. that, you've then got the S&P 500 tech, all right? So this is all of the tech stocks. Yes, Bob, it includes Tesla. Yes, Chris, Bob, Allison. It includes uh, these countries. Bob, it doesn't include Russia or gold. Uh, but uh, it does include that it's the tech uh, of the 500. So the, the tech stocks of the, of the uh, American top 500 companies. Have a look at where the S&P 500 sits Pretty in comparison. Solid. Yeah, pretty pretty solid. So yeah. as money flies out of uh, these very very high growth stocks, it goes somewhere. It doesn't necessarily go to cash. It goes somewhere else. And yes, I just want to find this one for you because oh, maybe this one just before we go. Oh, well, the money seeks value, Andy. Like like team folks. And maybe one day, Andy, you and I will maybe do one of Wine and Wisdoms or maybe we'll do something in person. Chuck it in the chat if you want to hang out with us. 
somewhere cool one day and we'll do a, like a, a full day in-person wealth, wine and wisdom because <laughs> that would be fun. Gee, we'd be bloody pissed if we drank wine for a day. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll start off as wealth coffee chats. Then it maybe it'll be dine and delve together, and maybe we finish off with a little bit of wine and wisdom in the yeah. uh, in the evening. Maybe that's the agenda. Uh, I know, the that's agenda. a great question, mate. I'd be I'd be super keen to know if people would love to to do that. Whether they'd yeah. be keen to catch up and have a, a bit of a we've got bite. A few keen, we've got a few keen beans here for sure. We we might hang out somewhere cool. Um, Last time Andy and I hung out and we talked high level, big level, we hung out in an $8 million penthouse uh, overlooking an amazing river, an amazing city. It was pretty cool. So um, if you're up for it, um, chuck it in the chat. I know a few of you guys are there. So uh, we've got a few takers, team. Yep. What's, what's the number that we need, Jace? Let's, let's try a number. Absolutely. We, 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 we can do it in person, Carolyn, for sure. Yep. We've even got... Ashley said, I'll pay now. Where's the, where, <laughs> where they get the credit card details? Well, we need, I mean, reality is it'd be great to do this with 20 cool cats. Um, absolutely. So, um, you know, because at the end of the day, Andy, right, you know, folks, we, we need to rise above this. So, you know, money is, money is energy. And when, when you store energy somewhere where it doesn't move, um, it loses its ability to, to have charge, right? And, you know, it has to move. It, it has to keep moving. What it does do, money leaves behind something. And uh, if you direct it in the right way, it can leave behind an asset that can create renewable energy. Money directed in the right way is like renewable energy. It's like this, like like a solar panel, right? You know, and and um, you know, if you if you if you invested in a solar panel, you're going to get energy for the rest of your life. If you invested in, um, like, if you invested in a uh, a, a gasoline car, uh, well, you've got to keep putting shit in it, right? That's just the facts of it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I might have to build that uh, analysis out, Andy. But you know what I'm trying to no, say no. here, folks. I'll I'll put a pin in it with this one, Jace, and nice. you'll love this. Money, money, like you said, is is looking for perpetual energy, right? And it's 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 always looking for its highest and best use. It's like yes. water; it floods to a natural gravity where it has its optimum use, right? And and ultimately, water is there to absorb caverns uh, or to sit in caverns, and it's there in order to be able to feed and generate and provide for for the world at large. And if we have a look at this, and so for those business owners out there. This is the reason why the holy grail is to, to list on the NASDAQ. Sorry, not the NASDAQ. It's just to list your company. This graph, uh, so what, what I want you to have a look at is, uh, is the US, which is the blue uh, line, and what I'd love you to look at is also developing, right, which is a little bit of Australia in there. Now, the, the figure that you can see on the far right is the price-to-earnings ratio, and what that means is that uh, just until recently, if you invested at, on the average company across the top 500 of the US, you had an average earnings multiple of almost 20%. So let's put that into context. Ooh. If your business was earning a million dollars, then somebody would come and buy your business, Jason, for $20 million. That's a good That's number, Andy. 
That's a good number. That's a great number. <laughs> That's a great number. I think there'd be there'd be quite a few of the business owners watching this that if we could get those multiples, we would have retired by now. Uh, <laughs> But have a look at how that's changed over time. And then when we think about that graph that I put up previously about these tech companies, which actually don't earn a lot of money for how big they are, some of them do, but in comparison to how big they are, trillion dollars, does Apple earn a trillion dollars a year? No, not for the next bloody hundred years it's not going to potentially. Nowhere near it. It is 19 times or above. I think their multiple is actually significantly higher. Yeah. So here's the thing. You got the tech companies that are big, big earnings multiples pushing it through the roof. You've got other companies which have lower multiples like yours and my businesses, Jace. We've got far lower multiples that we're going to get for ours. Money, like energy, is going to find a course in order to produce its maximum potential return. Now, if that's the sun going into a solar panel and producing it for free, that, that's what's going to happen. If it's going into an oil mine in order to produce oil so that we can have it at 80 cents. Do you know it was 80 cents a while back, Jace? 80 cents a barrel, and it went over 100 recently. It'll go to oil. Money will find its natural flow. It'll find where it can be its evergreen and its best version of itself. And, Jace, you, you're the one who told me this expression. Um, it'll find its highest and best use. Yes. Mate, dead right. Mate, that's a good – I think, I think folks, that's a, that's a perfect spot to leave tonight, um, the highest and best use of all of our resources. You know, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for the world? What does it look like for your portfolio and your investments? Great bloody question and, um, you know, it's one for us to all design together, mate. So, mate, enjoyed tonight, mate. Hopefully, folks, you guys have had a bit of fun. Andy and I have. Um, I've drank way too much wine, Andy. Committing Good. to two drinks have turned into three. So, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bottle. Look, put it put it back up there, mate. I don't want to see it again because it's a while since I've had a bottle that good. It's amazing. Absolutely fantastic bottle of wine. It's oh. it, it's too easy to drink, and that is the problem. And I'm probably slurring now, so my wife is going to be texting me in a minute. Get off, you idiot. <laughs> well, that's always a good time to put a pin in it, isn't it? <laughs> mate, good to hang out with you. Fantastic to have you guys online tonight, folks. Really appreciate you guys being here. Really, really... Uh, you guys it's appreciate awesome. your support <laughs> yeah and uh until next week it's a good night from him and it's a good night from me good night everyone <laughs> have a great weekend <laughs>